fear, shame, regret, and in the best of circumstances, uncertainty. No one comes to me with ease and confidence, but they leave me with ease and confidence. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nace invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nace. All right, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this world. It's Max again here with the Fearless Happiness Podcast. I know I say it all the time, but I have another amazing guest who has come to join me today that's get to sh- going to get to share her story. So what I like to do, Jody, is have you introduce yourself to my audience, like who you are and what it is you do, and then we're going to rock and roll, like I say. That's great. Thanks, Max. I'm so happy to be here. Mm-hmm. So I am Jody Carter. I am a CPA, Certified Public Accountant, and, you know, I spent most of my career helping people with tax, which I work with individuals and small businesses. And, you know, here's this thing that we have to do every year of our lives, and it takes a chunk of the money that we earn, and no one understands it. And so I really like to make sure that people feel comfortable, that they understand But what that led to was me recognizing very early in my career that people didn't just struggle with taxes, they struggled with all things money-related. It's so overwhelming. And why? Because no one taught us. It's that simple. It's not in our education. It's the most important thing driving our lives. And no one taught us how to be grown-ups with money. You know, in the best of circumstances, you might have had well-meaning, loving family members that did their best to teach you. But unfortunately, what they did was pass their financial trauma on to you or did things in a way that you just rejected it and tried to go another way. So very early in my career, I was paying attention to how people were coming to me. You know, I'm there for them. I'm in my early 20s. I'm just learning myself And they're coming to me. Yes, we're dealing with their taxes, but they're asking me questions like, which car should I get? Should I buy or lease? How much home can I afford? Um, Thinking about changing careers. And all these questions are coming at me, and I'm expected to be an expert. And I'm noticing a theme in the questions, which is not really that they want me to crunch numbers and give them financial data advice. It's that they're asking me, how do I make a good decision here? And I saw the struggle. And the big thing that I noticed very early was having more money did not make the struggle any less. So I would see people with significant amounts of money running through their lives who were struggling, who were in debt, who were making difficult decisions all the time and ending up on the wrong path. And some with significant amounts of money that were doing great. But I also saw people with very modest amounts of money who were doing great and others that struggled. So clearly the amount of money didn't make a difference. It's in our relationship with money that we are struggling. 
And this got me so curious. And I started to really pay attention to who was struggling and who wasn't and what the differences are. And through that, I found my life's work and my passion, which is to help people learn how to make decisions that move their lives in the best direction and to course correct from the time when they just didn't know any more than they knew, which is what most of our society is grappling with. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Because you saw me raise, if the your audience, she's talking and I'm like, everything she said, I'm like, oh, me and Jody are going to have a long talk after this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> right. But you're so correct. If I think about it, yes, we have to learn math, right? History, sciences. I get that. But they don't teach us like almost, I believe they should teach a course in entrepreneurship that has to do with money. Or, you know, how, how, like you said, making better decisions with when money's involved, right? Because when you're not taught and, and, you know, I always like to tease, but, you know, and part of me, it's like part of my trauma, right? Math is not my forte. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, in high school, right? It was my second year. And back then you were allowed to take two years in that. You didn't have to take any more, right? But I had really bad I had a hard time and I even asked for help. And I remember a teacher calling me stupid because I didn't understand a certain question. So, you know, being the rebel that I was back then, I kind of flipped him the bird and I said, I'm out, you know, (laughs) see ya. Like I finished, I did my two years. I go, I'm never, you know, and then it happened in my family, right? Where like I've been told my dad was a math, came into this country, right? Long time when they came to this country, he taught himself math, was in the libraries, you know, studied, became an electrical engineer. Wow. Right. So then my brother and I are born and that gene went like, you know, sonic right past (laughs) us. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I am telling on myself, I'm not the best with money and I have to learn, you know, and I'm, but I'm willing to learn as I get older to do something different. Right. And ask for help when I need it. So I like, I'm serious about like, I'm going to talk to you after this. And that's great because I, 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 you know, I, I want to be an example to my children and my grandchildren, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be that example like, hey, we need to go to grandpa. For- oh, wait a minute. He doesn't even know. So let's not even talk to him about that. Right. But I want to. Um, you're right, because. It just brings up so much for me, like I was helping an uncle one time and then we'll get back to you real quick. But in math, I broke out a calculator, right, because I wanted to give a customer the correct change. Mm-hmm. Well, he shamed me in front of that customer. Oh no! And then I get home and he did it to again in front of my mom. And then my mom jumped on his bandwagon. And I was like, you know, that's one of those things you just say, you know, like yeah. it, people don't think that's traumatic to me. It was because I felt embarrassed. I felt like I still feel that feeling like the yeah. guilt, like I should have known How old when that happened. I was probably 12 years old, maybe 13. Yeah. That's a pivotal moment. Max, we, our relationship with money begins in childhood. It goes all the way back to our earliest money memory. The first thing that you can remember. And as soon as I say that to people, I see their eyes start going because they're like, oh my gosh. Yes. When I was five, when I was seven, when I was this, but this thing that happened at 12, even if you have an earlier memory, 
this is something that if we pull on this thread, we are going to find things about your adult relationship with money. And that is part of the work that we're going to do together (laughs) because it's so important because this is a thing. If we don't look back at the origins of our relationship with money from the time we first paid attention to it through all of the things that happened through our lives, we're like, it's like our growth is stunted at that time. And so we're now stuck. So when you and your spouse are having a conversation about financial matters, there's a part of you, this 12 year old that is showing up in the conversation and then wherever your what age your your spouse is stuck, they're also showing up at that age. And now we have you know an eight year old and a twelve year old trying to buy a home, right? right so right. We, we have to be able to see that, understand it, and then be able to move on to an adult conversation about money. And to your point about math, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that feel like I can't even look at this; it's too hard. But that's because the financial services industry overcomplicates things when you can really simplify them. And that's one of the things that I do with the people that I work with. I start by really simplifying that. But before we can even look at the data, which I call the financial facts, right? we have to first look at your financial feelings. And those two things together are going to have the impact on you being able to learn how to make good decisions. Right. And because it almost like parallels addiction, right? Like whenever you start using, they say you stop growing emotionally at that age, right? Mm -hmm. So when I got sober at 32, I was technically 13 emotionally, right? Right. Right. and I believe that because I look back as in my journey in recovery, right? I've been sober over 20 years now. I could see those moments where I threw maybe a little tantrum of a 14 or 15 year old when yeah. and realized I go, I was never taught the tools, right? right. Because I checked out from the world. Um, and and it's and that I'm sure by addiction, right? Yeah. A lot of it has to do with money and not just the feeling, you know what I mean? Like, because yes. I know I had a single mother who God bless her soul. I mean, I gave her 14 years before she passed away. Mm-hmm. And I realized as I got older, why she was so strict. Right. Cause she made, I got to tell you, Jody, we never lived in an apartment that mm-hmm. I can remember when I was growing up, my brother and I, we always had a home. Right. Yeah. And we always had clothes on our back, mm-hmm. three square meals a day. Mm-hmm. But also she was that one. Like if I wanted a car when I turned 16, she said, go get a job. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And I'll match whatever you come up with. I will match. It wasn't, I didn't have the parents that said, Oh, look, go out, look outside and see what that big bow's on top of. Right. Like that didn't happen. But I also, it also taught me good work ethic, right? If I wanted something, I was going to work hard. Yeah. But I'm so glad you came on. So so tell the audience, you know, you talked about when you were younger, was there something when you were little that happened? Like, I don't like to say problems, right? I like to say, what was the challenge growing up that that got you into finances and the, and the numbers world? Yeah, I wouldn't say that it was a challenge that got me into it necessarily. Uh, I'll give you that a little bit of that. So 
the family that I grew up in, we were, you know, just encouraged to do the things that we were good at, not necessarily nurtured to explore other interests and things like that. And right. I was good at math. And they said, you're good at math. You should be an accountant. And I dutifully said, okay. And, you know, even when I expressed an interest in some other things, it was just very clear that this was the path. And, you know, I accepted that and I went on that path. But who I am is someone that is very interested in connection and people and psychology. And so that started to show up once I was doing my work. The really pivotal thing that got me moving in this direction where tax became, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's what I'm doing to make money. But the coaching work and creating this whole program, writing a book and everything else that I've done really came from the inspiration of seeing the impact on the decisions that people were making and when I was able to help them. And the people that I watched, so I, I talk in my book about a mentor of mine who you know, working in finance, you would think he would have his act together, right. <laughs> but he was making the same and, and I would say even more um, traumatic life decisions with money that was causing problems in his relationship with his kids. And he basically worked himself to death and never found the happiness. And watching that so closely, because this was my mentor, someone that I was really close to, it was upsetting to me. And I wished that I could help him, but I was coming into the picture 30 years behind him and it was too late, really. I mean, it helped him turn things around once I started to understand it. But at the same time, I was watching other clients and I would see folks with the same exact amount of money and how different their lives were. And I would see these people struggling and it hurt my heart. And I started to become, you know, a little aggressive in talking (laughs) with them. So they would say, hey, we need this you know, paperwork so we can buy this house. And instead of just dutifully giving them what they were asking for, I would be like, you can't afford this much house. What are you doing? We need to talk, (laughs) you know, and just trying to pull them back (laughs) from the brink. But also when people were coming to me and saying, we're in debt and we can't figure it out, being the person that helps them course correct, that helps them find a new way, And watching the lights come on as they started to understand their relationship with money was so empowering to me. And I started to realize I was in an incredible position because even though I was learning all of this in my 20s and my 30s and into my 40s, and I was really just honing these skills, what I saw was that these these folks really needed a guide. They really needed someone that could look. And the position that I was in was so different from what they were doing, right? You may look at, you mentioned a brother, you may look at your brother's family. You're talking about how your mom did things. You're looking at this. These are your examples. But the view I had 
was hundreds and hundreds of families, all different income levels, living their lives, making decisions. And I was able to see from a non-emotional standpoint right. how their emotions were impacting their choices, what was influencing their decisions, the shoulds of our society, marketing, the fact that people were buying cars that were clearly beyond what would have their life be happy and comfortable. Because what would their neighbors see about what's in their driveway, right? And, and all of those kinds of choices, it was so much input for me. And I realized that I was going to be able to take this knowledge and this cross-section of people and figure out, well, what is it that has the folks who are doing well, how are they doing it? What do they know? And there was this one couple in particular that always seemed to get it right. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what decision came their way, I thought these people have like the Midas touch, like everything they do turns to gold. Right. And when I said to them, how do you always do this? And they were very much, especially the, the woman in this couple was very much a mentor to me as a young girl coming up. And she said to me, I never do a should. If someone thinks I should, mm, I got to think about that. Right. What are the shoulds? Get them all out of the way. And that really got me thinking. And their life took a very different path, not the traditional path. Um, they were together for probably three decades before they decided to get married. And just the way that they lived their lives was very different, but it was they were living their lives exactly to the trajectory of what would make them happy. Right. And it was such a strong example for me of the way to go about decisions. And that's when I discovered what I call financial insight. And financial insight is the formula for making good decisions. It requires two things. The first is that you need to understand really well your financial facts, that data. And for some folks, that means they need help because, like you said, math and looking at this information, for some people, it's so overwhelming. But people that understand their financial facts, their data really well, have to combine that with understanding their financial feelings. And most importantly, what I call their values. That's the things that matter most to them. Now, to one person, family may matter. Another person may say travel is the most important thing. Right. I get people to, to go through a values exercise and choose five different things because we want to be well-rounded in our lives. Right. And it's not going to be just one thing. But when you have clarity about your values, what matters most to you, and your financial facts, your data, and you learn how to align those two things, you are making decisions with financial insight, and every choice moves you forward to what brings you happiness in life. I love that, right? Because when people think of helpful help helpers, right, they always think of first responders, you know, therapists, yeah. counselors. 
right? But we have one right here, everybody. Are you listening to Jody? <laughs> right? That, and it was your calling. It was like, I'm not just going to be a CPA, but I'm going to help people learn how to make better financial decisions, which I wish I would have met you a long time ago, Jody. You know, I know I need work in that area. Um, if I had a dollar for every time someone said that sentence to me, <laughs> I would make no more money. Right. But You'd be like, I'm, I'm retired, everybody. But this is, the, this is the thing about that. It took me 30 years to learn what I've learned to be able to present it in a way that is life-changing from our first conversation. Right. And so wherever, I want to say this to you, but I want to say this to everyone listening. Yes. I don't want you to regret not knowing this until now. But what I do want you to do is start to take action today because it's the choices that you make today that determine the future. Whatever we're starting with, whatever's from the past, those are the lessons that you needed. Bingo. That's just like, and that's like, I'll always say it's like recovery, right? I can't go back and change the horrible things I've done but I can use them as learning lessons. So I become a better person for not only today, but tomorrow and for the people around me. Um, And and I'm glad that you said that 30 years, this took 30 years. And and I got to tell you, the people that I follow that are very successful are not the ones that you see maybe sitting by a Lamborghini saying, Hey, buy my product. Right. Cause look what I did. Right. For instance, you know, there's one gentleman I follow and I, I listen to what he says because, and yeah, he may be a little rough, but he's very successful. But he says, he goes, look, I didn't get here overnight, right? I did. He said in 10 years of business, when I first was in business, I made $50,000. And he says, you heard that right. In 10 years, yeah. right? I made $50,000 and I could have quit. I could have gave up on myself, but he goes, I used all those lessons that I failed at. And, and now he owns multiple companies. I don't know if you know who First Form is. It's a big supplement company, mm-hmm. Andy Frisella, right? He, he's a, he's big in the, I don't want to, he, he hates that, but he personal development and business and right. stuff like that. But he, he's, you were spot on because that's what he shares. He goes, Never give up on yourself because you're going to learn it, but don't expect to be like one day you're like tomorrow you wake up and you know everything because that's not how we know, right? I didn't get 20 years sober because the day I said I want to get sober, poof, I'm 20 years. It's like it took time for me to do things, right? Yeah. And so I appreciate you saying that because I'm going to speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for my audience, but I know that when it comes to finances and, and money and numbers, it's like a, it's a soft, it's very difficult for me to, you know, talk about my failures. Mm-hmm. If I, you know what I mean? And go, cause I'm almost 56 years old this year, I'll be 56. And I don't want to go and say, Hey Jody, let's have this conver- conversation, but you're going to have to catch you up on all the failures I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I understand what you're saying, though. You got to start somewhere, right? And I know this year I have some big goals. So, and that's one of them is to become better at financial decisions so that I don't get that. Like, I'm going to, I hate it, everybody. I'm going to throw up because it's, it's eating away at me, right? But if I can make informed decisions, right? It's like, and then I got to tell myself, it's like what I do with my clients when they, they come up with this plan, right? And I, I listen and, 
I go, wow, that doesn't sound so good. Let's revisit this. Let's tell me again slowly, right? And then I'll point out to them, right? Because if I keep doing what I keep doing, right, my goals are not going to come to fruition, as they say. And and, and I, I've been saying lately, it's been divine intervention for the guests that have been coming on my show. You know, not because I'm going to, oh, I want to work with you, Jody. But I, I think the world needs to hear what you have to share because there's a, probably more people like myself that are so scared to death to go, I failed. Like, and, and too embarrassed, right? To go, hey, Jody, I really messed my family's financial life up because I did this and this. Not that I've done that, but I, well, we'll get into that later. But this is about you. So, like, 30 years. And it's cool to hear you say that because you were paying attention to the people that were talking to you. Right. And and a lot of us don't do that when we're so busy in our daily lives with work and family and stuff like that. So just keep sharing like this journey you've been on and and talk about your book. Like what made you decide and tell the audience what the name of the book is. But what what made you decide? Right. Like what was that that turning? Let me say it this way. What was the camel that broke the camel's back that you said, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to try to help people as much as I can? Yeah. I love everything you just said. So I'm going to come to the book after I address something else that you said. So along my way, while I was watching other people, I was also making all the mistakes. What did I know? Right. And I had this mentor who had made incredible mistakes. Right. The one thing that I like to do is reframe them as mistakes. You know, like if it's a movie, you get to take another, take another, right? (laughs) Right. This is our lives. And so we don't. So it's just a mistake that we then have to live with. Okay. And in that same way, I, you know, I don't want people to look back and be and say, and one of the challenges that they say, it's so hard to talk about. Well, when I work in groups, I ask people to give me three adjectives that describe their relationship with money. And I do this with people from all different walks of life. And everything that they come back with, when they start giving those adjectives, I can categorize them into four categories. Fear, shame, regret, and in the best of circumstances, uncertainty. No one comes to me with ease and confidence, but they leave me with ease and confidence because that's where we're going. Although I never really let anyone leave. Once I start working with people, I want to be there for them forever. But that's the goal is to shift from this concept of stress and struggle and shame and not wanting to talk about it to feeling empowered to talk about money, to feel safe. I want my work to be approachable and welcoming I like to say that when people come to work with me, they should feel like they're getting a big financial hug because that's what we all need because we didn't receive the proper training and then we went through our lives making mistakes. So how did I make mistakes? Well, I did all the things that everyone else does. I spent more than I was making and started to rack up credit card debt. Then I married the wrong guy and racked up some more debt and then had to deal with the divorce and then had to stop and say, wait, why did I do all of that? Now I'm in my mid thirties. I have all of this debt. I'm not in a relationship. I don't know what I want. I don't know where I want to live. 
the only thing that's going well is my career. So I'm just going to plow into that. And I'm not taking care of my health and I'm not doing any of these things. Right. And then there was someone in my life that said to me, you know, I noticed that you are happiest when you are in New York city. And I was living in New Jersey and I was like, what? And she said, yeah, when you call the office and she worked for me and she said, when you call the office from in between appointments in the city, your energy is so different. And she said, listen to me. She said, I lived my life. I had kids. I lived my life a particular way. She said, I love my children. I'm glad I did what I did, but this is not the life I wanted. The life I wanted was to be a city girl and I see you and that's who you are and you need to go get that life. And it was like all these light bulbs went off and I started thinking like, how am I turning this around? And so I started to realize that I really wanted to move, but that meant I had to get myself out of debt. I had to figure out what to do differently. I had to take all the lessons from all of the years and turn things around. So even while I was watching and learning all of this, I still had to figure it out for myself. So I like to say I am the very first student of financial insight training (laughs) because I had to put myself through it. But I think it's important for people to understand that when they're listening to me, I know because I've been there. I've gone the debt route. I've made the mistakes. We all are doing this. And those people that you might look at and admire, whether they're people in your life that you think have it all together, maybe they do, maybe they don't. You just don't know. Okay. Right. And the glitz and glamour that we see in celebrity, I have news for you. They all have the same problems. Just like with anything else, if you don't get to the root of the issue, you can compound the issue. Right. So most people think more money is more better. But here's the problem. If you don't work on your relationship with money and you do get more money, you are going to make mistakes on a bigger scale. Well, it's like they say, right? When you don't learn a lesson, it just keeps showing up until you learn it, right? And it shows up in different areas, whether it's money, relationships, right? So I'm... I'm excited. And and I say this because you're talking my language in a sense, because it's the same thing for recovery, right? If I don't do certain things, right, and get to the root cause of why I was drinking and using, yeah, I'm going to go back out and do the same thing because I'm ignoring that problem. Can I fix it totally? Well, they say we don't have enough time on this earth, but right for me, it was going to AA and, and doing the 12 steps that gave me those tools to live with unresolved issues, but also learn how to not make that same mistake over and over again. Right. So right. Yeah, I'm like getting goosebumps listening to you, Jody. So I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate the, the reference to, to addiction as well, because listen, the work that you do, we're talking life or death and, you know, it, it's, I want to be careful about comparing because you're, you're working with people in, in such a, a, a foundational way for their health and well-being. Money is at the root of every choice we make. 
And it's from our morning coffee to the relationship that we choose to be in. And that sometimes makes people feel a little uncomfortable. So I'm going to address that right away. If you don't think that your relationship is about money on the way in, I promise you're going to find out it is on the way out. (laughs) We have to be real about these things, right? Right. It's true, though. Career, having kids, all of everything comes back to money. One of the fit principles is every choice is a financial choice. It's not only financial, but at the heart of it, it is. And so with addiction, most types of addiction, there are things that you can do to stop using. I know with food addictions, it's very, particularly very hard because you have to keep eating. Right. Well, you also have to keep using money. Right. And for the majority of people, financial issues don't rise to the level of addiction. However, there is an epidemic in our society of using money to medicate. Absolutely. And the the way that marketing has grown over the years, you know, when when you and I were kids, a cereal commercial made us say, hey mom, can I have that cereal? Right. <laughs> Now, the information that's coming at us constantly, we're not even clear what's marketing and what's real, right? right? And so, there's so much information. We're also connected to so many more people than we were decades ago. And so, you're not just comparing yourself to the people in your neighborhood and the people in your immediate life and your family. You go onto a social media app and you are suddenly comparing yourself to all kinds of, well, honestly, liars that are saying things about their lives that just aren't true. And so you might say, you know, you might be in your home and say, gosh, I love my home. And then you flip on your TV or you look in your social media app and you see somebody that's showing some amazing home and you suddenly feel diminished, but you loved your home. So we have to get those comparisons and shoulds out of the way. And so going back to what had me decide to write the book, as I'm telling you this, I can see as we're talking, like it's resonating and you get it and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this. I want this. And that's the reaction that I was getting from people. And I have my programs sitting and waiting and people were not registering at the levels that I think they should. You know, I I think there should be a million people on a waiting list because (laughs) like we all need this. It's clear that we all need this education. This should be the most viral thing in the world. Everyone should want financial insight. And it is my heart's desire to change the global conversation about money to financial insight. No more stress and struggle, ease and confidence in its place. Right. And I also believe that when we all do better, we all do better. And so the more that we can help people that are struggling, the better it is for everyone. And we want to level up the lives of the people that are struggling the most, no matter what income level it is. If, if we can't be manipulated by marketing, then the world has to change, right? If we're not in debt, 
and, and feeling stressed out, then we can be more selective about the jobs that we take and how much we get paid and how we have our families and how we live our lives. And so everything can get better globally. But for me to reach an individual person and show them that this is what they need, I needed to write a book. I needed to explain more fully, not just, hey, you need this course, you need this education, come work with me, I'm going to hold your hand, I'm going to love you up, and I'm going to make sure that you get everything you need. And we're going to look at your data personally, because I do that. I coach people individually. So there's online curriculum, and I move people through as a group, but everyone gets personal time with me partly because people do feel very sensitive and they don't want to share their data publicly. Also, every single person needs the attention of someone that can really look with them and ask them the questions that move their life in the right direction. So how do I convince people that this is what they need? I wrote a book and the book is called Financial Insight, Be the Author of Your Life Story. And the reason that I gave it that name is because you are telling a story with money. When we get to the end of your life, we will be able to tell your story through the choices that you made. But you are writing that story each and every day. And so, yes, we have this history and we can look back and we can call it mistakes or lessons or whatever. But from today forward, if you can change the decisions that you're making, you can move toward your best life every single day. And that is the writing of your story. And I want to teach people how to do that. Man, like uh, getting me choked up here because it is a lot a similar to what I do. Because I'm going to tell you, Jody, in my 20, over 20 years now, I've seen a lot of people get sober over money. Mm-hmm. And end up relapsing over loss of money or, you know, and I know a lot of people that I've seen, they get it back quick. Boom. And I always, always the one like, man, how do they do that? But I've seen them lose it just as quick. Right. If, if, cause I know you probably teach certain things, like you have to do this, this, and this, if you want to get accomplish your goal, right. You can't just, Oh, thank you for all that information. I'm going to go spend my money now and then come back to you. Jody, it didn't work. Right. It's like the people that tell me that 12 steps don't work and I'm not pushing anything here. I'm just giving an example. Right. But most of the time when I ask those people, well, how do you know it doesn't work? Have you worked all 12 steps? And most of the time they go, no, I got to step four and I quit <laughs> or I've never done them. Now, how does how do you know it doesn't work? Right. And, and and I love this. And I just that's why I'm so passionate about this, this podcast and bringing guests like yourself, because I want to show the world there's so many people out there that have such big hearts that truly want to help people, right? Whether it comes to finances, to fitness, to faith, to family, right? And I forgot there was a gentleman I just had on. He talked about the five F's. I'm, you know, see, I tell you my CRS is really bad, but <laughs> but those for me are the top for me, right? Fitness, family, finances, and faith, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know I've been dragged out of a lot of things because of faith and, you know, where I can't explain how I got out of it. Right. And, and, and then, like I told you earlier, I believe this is divine intervention, right? Because here's another way I get to help 
my audience, right, is bringing Jody Carter on here and she gets to talk about finances and how you can overcome your past trauma with it, <laughs> right? And, right. And, and, and be okay and make better decisions. Um, so it, this is... This has really, truly been an amazing episode so far. And, and like I said, thank you for taking the time to be here and explaining this to my audience because I want them to understand for whatever struggle they got going on or something, there's always someone I bring on that can help them, right? That's right. Great. So you write this book and, and now you have a program, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up. So I, I like to ask a couple questions of myself, right? I wrote a book. It's my journey from addiction into recovery. Yeah. So going through this financial stuff, right? You've got 30 plus years now of it. What does fearless mean to you? Mm-hmm. And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Yeah, I love that. Um, so, you know, a long time ago, someone said to me, you you can't have courage without fear. Like they, they can't, you can't really separate them, right? There's no, there's no reason to be brave if you're not afraid, right? Right. And so for me, fearless is really about taking the next step. It's fearless. It's not no fear, right? Yeah. And embracing it. You know, I love when people come to me and say, God, I was so nervous before our first call. And now I feel so at ease. It's the transformation of the fear to something more empowering is that's the magic of our lives that we can find our way forward. And I do think that people are so held back by fear. So for me, in my daily life, in my work, and listen, so much fear. I have to be vulnerable. I have to put myself out here. I have to do social media things. I don't want to do any of that. I just want everyone to know about financial insight and come to me. So I don't have to do any of that stuff, right? I don't want to figure out the messaging. I don't want to do it, but it's so vulnerable for me. I am not someone that ever wanted to be in front of people on camera. Like, give me a room full of people that I can talk to about my topic that are there to hear it. Great. Right. But ask me to try and fill it. Like, that's really vulnerable for me. And I constantly remind myself, you are asking people to be vulnerable in this very sensitive topic. The only way through to that is to do it yourself. So for me, I have to be fearless about presenting this, about saying, this is my mission. I know things that can help just be with me and let me help. Right. And that's hard that vulnerability. And I remember when my sponsor told me that, right? When I got sober, because you got to understand I was sitting in jail, right? I hadn't done anything that the judge had ever given me. And he started with the most basic. And my sponsor's like, you need to be vulnerable, right? Like learn to get vulnerable. And I'm like, do you understand where I just came from? I can't go into like, if I'm going to fight someone, I'm like, Hey, can we sit down and have a chat first? Right. 
that is not gonna i go do you under and he goes i know i've been there i'm just i'm telling you if you want to change you're gonna have to be honest with me and get vulnerable and and that was one of the best pieces of advice because you're right right like i want to stand up and show everybody how brave i am how strong i am right but on the inside i'm like i'm about to cry because you know i'm getting all emotional and um so thank you for that right because you said something that fear less i have one of my mentors one of my favorite people that i know that one of my best friends he said that to me one time he goes are we truly going to be fearless all the time he goes probably not but he goes when you do the work when you lean in as he says when you lean into the suck and you do things anyway despite your fear he goes you're going to learn to fear less right and i'm like then i have you saying the same thing and it and it doesn't matter what you do in life right there's always that fear of right like opening up in front of people because what are they going to think right but luckily i have a lot enough time in my recovery where i was taught like it's none of my business what people care what it's none of my business what people think of me so but it is my business what i think of myself and others and and that's why i think i've had i'm gonna say it great success with people asking to come on as a guest or me finding the right people like yourself jody because you're right when it comes to this and i'll speak for myself again but i know like you said there's other people out there talking about finances especially in how i grew up with the older generation right it's like feelings and stuff you, you don't talk about it you don't you know it stays in the family you don't talk to anybody about it you just suck it up and you find a way right mm-hmm. now i have someone here that's joined me today that's giving a people a, an out to come out of that fear and go i need help jody how can you help me and you're going to be like with that big smile i see everybody's got a huge smile i love it <laughs> right like here's how we can do it and it's great we need more people like you because it, it it it's like i said this has been such a an amazing episode because there's so much parallels that's going on for me right like because when you're in your addiction and you're getting sober there's a lot of things you don't want to talk about because there's that guilt and shame right. that goes along with it and you know with the financial thing if you make such poor decisions there's the guilt and shame that goes with that and you don't want to talk about that yeah. But thank you for coming on here and being vulnerable. So my next question is happiness. And as you see, I put a Y in it. Yes. Knowing I put the Y in it, what does happiness mean for you? And how does that show up in your life today? Yeah. Uh, You know, I always explain to people that we need to look at their personal definition of success. No two people with the same amount of money are going to live the same exact life. And so that means if you and I, Max, have the same exact amount of money, um, you're in California, I'm in New York City, we're not, we're not living the same life, right? right? And so what is your definition of success? What is my definition of success? And we let that vision pull us forward. However, we have to get out of this notion that success is an end game that it's somewhere we're trying to get to. You are only going to find success and you are only going to find happiness in the present moment. It's in the decision you make today that leads to the next chapter 
the next chapter in your story, right? So you're writing your life story. If you make a decision today that moves you in the direction you want to go, that's happiness. Right. That's success. Pulling us back to the present moment is so important. You know, in in addiction work, they talk about one day at a time, right? right? It's the same thing with money, especially if you're in a challenging position in this moment. When people come to me talking about debt, and, and debt is an epidemic in our society, credit card debt, we were, we were all talked into living this way, right? Yeah, exactly. And people come to me with this and they have all the shame and the guilt. And I say, no, we need a reframe. Debt is just things that you got in the past that you haven't yet paid for. If you are happy with the things that you got, a home, an education, travel, Toys, who knows what you spent it on, but it brought you joy and and made your life better. You don't need to regret that. We need to now deal with it and manage the debt going forward. But it is a debt of gratitude because you got things that you wanted. And for people that say, no, I got a lot of shame and regret there. I wasted it. I did, you know, things that I shouldn't have been doing. They weren't the right choices. And now I'm sacked with this. I say those are the greatest life lessons you could ever have are those mistakes. And so in this moment, making a new choice to see it as a debt of gratitude, to see that your present moment, whatever your circumstances are right now, that you are choosing to learn something. You are choosing to shift the trajectory of your life. You are choosing to do things in a new way. That's happiness right now. Right. I love it. Absolutely. See, in in my eyes, that puts you like the elites that I have read their books and follow, right? Because they say happiness is not a destination or success. Never. They always talk about, like, and I've read books and heard on podcasts, these people that are very successful, they said, we're never happy. I, I, not happy, but they're, we're, they're never satisfied. Like they don't come to a place where like, okay, I did everything, right? They're always pushing themselves to the next. How can I be better? How can I be better? And in that process, how can I help people become mm-hmm. better, right? And that's my definition of success, right? Helping someone get and stay sober or if I brought someone on on a podcast and I get, you know, a call later or a message, oh, you know what? You brought Jody on and she changed my life, right? That to me is happiness. That's success, right? Um, I don't, I freak, I always forget the the personal development development guy that said it, right? But it says if you want something, help people get what they want and you'll right. get what you want. Yeah. Right. And that's how I liken it to my recovery. That's why I've got over 20 years because I've helped people, whether it's in a treatment setting or as a sponsor, right? Here's what I did. If you want what I have, do what I do. And this is how you stay sober. And, you know, and, and this leads to today, right? So like, I'm very happy, right? But I, we talked and, you know, there's things I get to look at now and I don't dwell on it like I would have in the past because I know there's 
I have to look and here it does. It shows up on my podcast, right? A wonderful person named Jody Carter that's talking about things I've been thinking about for the last couple of years, you know, like, yeah. And I saw your name when uh, Sam sent me that. And I'm like, she needs to come on the show. Not be just for me. You know, selfishly, I'm like, I want to hear what Jody has to say. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm going to have people in my audience that are going to resonate what you've shared with us today. But you manifested that just by thinking about it for the past Absolutely. few years. Absolutely. See, yeah. and I do believe in that, right? I believe yeah. in our thoughts become things, right? The Napoleon Hill, yeah. all that stuff. I believe it because I believe when I was at my worst, mm-hmm. I manifested a lot of negative stuff. But as I started, you know, not just in my recovery, but as a pers- personal development and started thinking differently about myself and others and a lot of good things started to happen. You know what I mean? So I, I appreciate the time you've spent so far. Um, so now this is the time. If people want to work with you, Jody, yes. how can they get a hold of you? Where can yeah. they find you? Great. So my website is financialinsighttraining.com. And on there, they'll see information about my program, which is called the Fit Universe. It's an online program, which means that I have recorded all of the lessons. Why did I record lessons? Because I want to make sure you get everything I want you to know. And I get excited when I talk. So I had to make sure that I recorded it all and got it all in there. (laughs) Um, But also it's bite-sized lessons. So have your coffee in the morning with an eight-minute lesson with Jody. I hear it's enjoyable. I've been told the voice is good and it's great. So just it, just enjoy that one, one day at a time working through the course and there's workshops. So we have group discussions and there's five hours of private coaching with me for every individual. That means if a couple joins, there's 10 hours of coaching between oh, them. Wow. And there's also, I, you know, I put a lot of content in there and additional workshops about beyond the curriculum, other, other topics. And once you are a member of the Fit Universe, you're there for life. We get the, the coursework done in about four months. And again, I said bite size, right? So, right. and I build in time because I know you're going to slack off and I know you're going to fall behind. <laughs> this is real human work. Right. And I'm really there, Right. Um, I open registration twice a year in January and July because I really like to walk people through it. If you're listening to this, um, not in those months, there's also an opportunity to get the first module of my very first course called Fit Fundamentals for free. And so you can get that little jump start. You can also follow me on social media, on Instagram, it's financial.insight.training. And so help me God, I am on TikTok. I can't believe it. Again, it's Financial Insight Training. And then of course, there's the book, which you can get anytime. The book is called Financial Insight, Be the Author of Your Life Story. It's available Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you buy books. If you prefer a local bookseller, just walk in and tell them to look up the book or you can get the the code from Amazon and give it to them. They will find it for you and order it for you. 
And I also recorded an audiobook, which oh, nice. come on, you like podcasts? <laughs> you like audiobooks. And the audiobook is under four hours. So it's really like a masterclass workshop. And I'm going to talk to you the same way that I'm talking right now. And um, I really wanted it. I wanted it to be my voice. And I wanted to really get the stories across. I tell stories about a lot of people that I've worked with, changing the names whenever I was requested to. And um, it's really about taking this first step to bring financial insight and those concepts into your life and then figuring out what is your best path forward. After you read the book, do you feel like you can go off and running on your own or do you want to come do the work with me in the course as well? Right. I love it. You heard our audience. You can get it at any bookstore, Amazon, go to your local bookstore. They'll get it for you. This has been such a wonderful time, Jody. Thank you so much. But you're not quite off the hook just yet. There's one last question that I love to ask all my guests, and it goes like this. What is the one piece of advice you could give my audience that will help them become better human beings and grow as people? Mm. Gosh, I love that. I really wish for everyone that they can listen to their inner voice let the shoulds go we are so bombarded with so much noise in our lives what our parents think what our siblings think what our partners think what our kids think what our coworkers think find some still time to see what it is that you're desiring most and trust that voice and it is never too late to get started working on whatever you want to change in your life. And when it comes to your finances, which is at the heart of everything that you want to do, just start today and just trust that it's baby steps. I do not expect you to uh, change everything overnight. There's going to be habits to work on. Oh boy, do we have money habits <laughs> and, and so many things. And I just want you to know that having it all is not the same as having all of it. We want to define what having it all means to you. And we want to make sure that you have that in your life. I love it. Thank you so much so much for gracing us with your presence and your wisdom today so you heard it everybody if jody made you think if she made you smile if you learned something and my famous if she made you go hmm right please go to itunes and leave a five-star review so everyone can find this podcast until next time this is max we're signing off are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles Join the fearless happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.